Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. Welcome to episode 176, airing your dirty laundry to friends. So the dirty laundry I'm talking about is, of course, in the context of your love life. And right off the bat, I just want to establish when I say airing your dirty laundry, it's really just a fun tongue in cheek way to talk about it. Because if anyone's airing her dirty laundry about her love life, it's this girl. (laughs) I have been an open book for the last three years that I've been doing this podcast. Maybe it's three and a half years now. I don't know. I am such an open book. And, you know, one could argue that I'm airing my dirty laundry. And I think I've even alluded to calling it that, but I don't see it that way. I love that I am sharing all of my hard times and my best of times going from totally heartbroken, worst experience of my life, darkest hour of my life, my rock bottom relationship when I was 29 and 30 years old, and to being where I am today, 41, and the most madly in love in the best relationship with a man who I am taking off to Cabo with tomorrow. We are going for six days, and I uh, I can't believe it. I have not been on a vacation that hasn't involved work or family or someone's wedding or someone's birthday. It's just us. We haven't even had a vacation, just us, outside of like some weekend getaways. So I can't believe it. And I just want to say, as I am soaking in getting away for a vacation with my partner of almost three years, really for the first time, and he is the first person who I said I love you to with in nine years post my rock bottom relationship, it doesn't have to take you nine years. And maybe when you find the love of your life, it won't take you almost three years to go on a vacation with him. But I just want to remind you all of where I was to where I am now, because I know it's a struggle for some of you hearing me be so mushy and gushy about Larry and our life and our romantic relationship and how perfect and amazing it is. But also, you know, we got into a fight a couple of weeks ago, and that fight is inspiring this episode on top of a couple of my clients who have inspired this episode. We are not perfect. I share this all the time. He is perfect for me and I am perfect for him. That that I am 1 million percent sure of. But we don't have some like, I, I don't know. I, th- I think when I've told my clients like, oh, Larry and I fight, like we don't fight all the time, but we have fought in our almost three years together. We both have fiery Irish tempers. And honestly, I, I said this in the Dating Dads episode, I definitely am the one that gets worked up. He is so calm. He's like, I leave my my fight energy for my job. He's a lawyer. He's like, I don't want that with the kids and I don't want that with you. I can get a little fiery, but this is like for sure the least combative relationship I've ever been in. And really and truly, it's like so few and far between, but the fights happen. And when I share it with a couple of trusted loved ones, I don't think of it as like airing my dirty laundry. And I'm not concerned with what they think about him or what they think about me. I'm like, 
sharing candidly with a select few if I choose to share it with them because I want to vent and I want a safe space to talk about whatever challenge we're moving through. But I'm not looking for my friends to give me their opinions about my quote unquote dirty laundry. And that's what I really want for all of my clients and all of you listening today is to be so solid and so good in your relationship that if you're in an argument with that person and you want to vent and share it with somebody that you're not worried about what they think after. And I think when you're worried about what your friend thinks after you've patched things up with your partner, it's because I think it's really you're worried about what you think. Because when I got into, I'm sure Larry would love me sharing that he and I got into a fight a couple of weeks ago. It was a total breakdown in communication and I got mad and then he got mad at me for getting mad. And I love that now we're just laughing about it on the other side of it. Uh, And it gets tricky because if he's with the kids and there's a breakdown of communication and then we can't really have a proper conversation, then my blood will boil more. And it becomes, I think that particular fight became bigger than what it needed to be because we were separate from it and he couldn't really talk. And so then that is like really triggering for me. And so, so that's what happened. And I am so clear about it on the other side. I, I feel like he wouldn't even remember that it happened. And I ultimately told two people about it who were like, one of them was like, relationship goals. These are relationship goals. Because when he and I finally had a conversation about it, he was like, you know, you're very upset, but like, we're not breaking up. This isn't like, oh no, are we going to figure this out? And maybe we'll have to break up. Like he just like volunteered that, which I really appreciated, but I did not think it was a breakup fight myself, but it was just so beautiful that he said that. And my friend who's single was like, oh, this is what I want. I want to be in a relationship where it's like you fight, but it's an option to walk away. Of course, it's an option to walk away when there's someone being abusive or horrible or they're cheating or just being nasty or mean or shutting down, et cetera. But that was not the case in my situation. So I think it gets tricky with our friends and with our healers. And I was thinking of one particular client of mine who at one point admitted to me that she was nervous to share about her partner because she was worried about what I think. And if she chose to stay, then I'd be disappointed or judging her or thinking she was doing something wrong, which I think is so normal. And I have definitely been in her shoes, both with my friends' opinions and worried about my coach's opinions. But at the end of the day, as I just said earlier, I really think it was a reflection of her seeing things that I was seeing And she would tell me them. And I'm like, yeah, that's not good. That's kind of bullshit. But then when I would reflect back to her, this isn't okay. Then she felt the need to protect him and stand up for him and tell me really though, he is such a good person, et cetera, et cetera. And so when you're again, quote unquote, tongue in cheek, airing your dirty laundry, which PS, I haven't shared this yet, but I did look up the Google Uh, and typed in what the meaning is of airing your dirty laundry. Of course, I'm assuming we all know what that means, but I also really love when Google breaks it down for us because it's very concise and way better defined than I would define it. To expose one's private affairs in public, particularly any unsavory family secrets. To expose one's private affairs in public, 
particularly any unsavory family secrets. The metaphor is a French proverb that became famous when Napoleon used it in a speech before the French assembly upon his return from exile in Elba in 1815. And so, of course, in my group program or when I'm working one-on-one with someone, when they're sharing their stuff with me, I really don't see it as airing your dirty laundry. But I think it, you know, tongue-in-cheek applies here. I think your heart and whatever's going on with your heart and your relationship or your heart and your ex, it's important to talk through it. But you have to be willing to face. And I think like I was thinking of the word, well, what is it? Is it a consequence? If you're telling someone really kind of shitty things about your ex or problems with your ex, you have to be willing to face the consequences of the other people around you, not loving what you're sharing. And if you get past it, that is what's most important. But you can't expect everybody else to get on board when just because you decided to, right? So we get fired up. We want to bitch to our friends and say, oh my God. And then he said this. And then I said that. And then ultimately you work through it. You have to be willing to accept that some people might be like, okay, I still think that that's like a big red flag or that's kind of, you know, a crack in the mirror or uh, a strike for me against him. Like you have to be willing to accept that and move through the discomfort that other people might still hold that against your partner. This is why I think it's really important to choose very wisely who you're telling your deepest, darkest secrets to about your love life. Don't tell your miserable single friend. Don't tell your friend who's been married for 20 years who thinks she has an authority on relationships. Tell someone who's walking the walk, who's doing the work, who's on the other side of the work that you've been doing, someone who's going to understand the work that you're doing, who's going to be open to understanding this new approach. Now, I can honestly say that I have judged people for staying in relationships that I think were really shitty, and it was very easy for me to judge when I was never in their shoes. But then when I got into such a fucked up relationship with my rock bottom ex back in 2010, 2011, I really realized how gray situations can be and how not easy it is to leave when you love someone who turns out to be a total dirtbag and you're just clinging on to making it work and you don't understand what gaslighting is and you don't understand what narcissistic personality disorder is and you don't understand that you're an empath with no boundaries and no love or backbone for your own self and to know your worth you know like i really do see so what i have now developed on the other side of not only just finding the love of my life and healing my heart and finding my worth and becoming a coach is that when i have friends come to me and they tell me horrific things about their partners and they stay eventually i just say i need a little bit of space and distance from this if something horrific happens and you know you need to like come to santa barbara and you need a place to stay you can stay I just can't do the play-by-play with you. And the reason why is because it is way too close to home for me. I feel like I'm someone who got sober getting out of toxic relationships. And so when I'm watching someone engage in toxicity in their own relationships and they keep going back for more and more shit just keeps happening, I have to put up a boundary and say, hey, I love you. 
I've been in your shoes. I'm not judging you. I just can't be so close to it. And some of you listening might be like, well, I just feel like that's like not being a really good friend. I actually think it's not being a good friend to just pick up the phone and always be available for your friend who just can't get it together to get out of the toxic relationship. I don't think that I'm serving that friend. And I had the one of the bestest friends in the world, Aisha, if you're out there and listening, we did an episode together, Heartbreak for Black Lives. And she is just one of my absolute nearest and dearest sisters from another mister. And she said to me at one point when I was just going around in circles and spiraling over I don't even know which unavailable ex. Oh, maybe I do know. She said, you know, Claire, I love you. And I just feel like we're not getting anywhere when we have these conversations. And so I can listen for 20 minutes. I have nothing new to offer you, but I can be there for you and I need to put a cap on it. And I really hope that you find the help that you need because I can't like, we're not getting anywhere. I'm not helping you. And it was so humbling to hear that, but it was the best thing she could have done for me. I've told her since that was like the best thing she could have done for me. She doesn't remember. (laughs) She doesn't remember saying that to me, but I remember her saying it to me and it was really fucking hard to hear, but she put up the boundary and I have since learned to do the same. And not to mention, I do this for a living. So then if you're my friend and then you want to like also just pick my brain on heartbreak and it's like my day off. That's also a little bit challenging for me, but it is, it's really hard to hear a friend going through it. And it's so clear as day for me from the outside because of all the work that I've done. And so there comes a point where it's like, yeah, I, I almost like another thing that I told her is like, I can't hear your dirty laundry anymore. Like, I don't really want to know the play-by-play. I can, like, provide a roof over your head. I can give you my course. I can give you my podcast. Um, You know, people often reach out to me and they'll say, oh, my friend is in it or I'm in it. Like, what books do you recommend? It's like, you can read all the things or you can show up and do the work and get out of the toxic relationship and do the healing that will create so much magic on the other side. But it will be really, really fucking hard in the midst of it. And it's like people want to read up and like study narcissistic personality disorder and study addicts and like see if you can like navigate the relationship. But yeah, my solution is get the fuck out. And the more you stay, the more drama there will be. And the more you unload the drama, it's like, I can't let that go. And then when more drama just keeps happening, enough is enough. And it's like, I'm just going to put the boundary up and not be here for the dirty laundry anymore. I also really believe, and maybe this is my hope because Aisha saying that to me was such a pivotal moment in my life for me to decide to invest in my mental health, both my time and my money. And I really had no money at the time. I really think that when you're putting up a boundary to your friend and saying, hey, I have nothing left to offer you and I actually don't want to hear anymore because you've told me enough and it's clear as day that you need to get out and I'm here for you when you get out, but like I don't have any more bandwidth to listen that maybe that will inspire that person to go get the help she needs because people like you and like me are saying, 
I have nothing left for you. Because then it forces them to be like, shit, I've got to come up with another solution on who to go to or how to get the help. Because I really was hungry for the help and hungry for the change. And I think that that's the greatest gift that Aisha has ever given me in our friendship that's now, you know, 14, 15 years long. I know it's a little bit different when it's a friend versus a coach or a healer, but the same rules really do apply. If I was working with a client and she's just piling on all the shit about her shitty partner and just wants to come to me and vent and then coach me on a relationship that is clear as day to me that she needs to leave, I will also put up that same boundary and say, I I have nothing left to offer you. You just keep telling me the same thing. We know the shoe is going to drop again. It's just a matter of when you want to leave, or maybe we end this coach-client relationship because I don't want to keep coaching you on what we know is going to happen next because you're not willing to leave. And that's really hard to hear. It's hard for me as the coach to say, but I also think I'm out of integrity charging someone just for me to listen without them doing something about it to make the change to get out of the unhealthy relationship. Now, something else I need to be very clear on with my clients is, or really clear on about my clients, I should say, is you know what works for them about their partnerships may not work for me. So I have to get really clear. So I had a situation where someone's partner was really being shitty about the time that he was giving her. And in the time that they had, it really wasn't quality time. And I was kind of in the pool with her, or I should say, actually not in the pool. So that's like a little coaching phrase, getting in the pool with your clients. You're like believing their stories. I was in the pool with her. I was like, this is bullshit. And Ultimately, she made it very clear to me she really didn't care about the amount of time and that they were going to work through it. She told me some other things that like would never work for me in my relationship, but it didn't seem to bother her. And then ultimately, those were the things that ended up ending the relationship that became much bigger factors in the relationship. And so I learned as a coach from observation, like, I know I made it clear, like, this is an issue. You should look at this. This is a conversation that needs to be had because if you just are planning on spending the rest of your lives with each other, like, these are the uncomfortable conversations you guys have to have with each other. And it seems like there's some stuff that he might be burying under there that will just get louder and bigger and harder as time goes on. And And they're awkward conversations, but ultimately she had it and got to the truth of, you know, the the, the realization that they really were not a match. And so having those hard conversations, it's really important for me to keep my side of the street clean because some clients need less quality time than I would need. Some clients uh, have a, a certain lifestyle that they like to lead that maybe their partners don't want to lead. Um, some clients, you know, have different religious values and, you know, are trying to tell themselves that this is okay when the writing is on the wall that it won't be okay in the long in the long run. But sometimes as a coach, I have to sit back and let them play it out because they'll be like, no, but I know he's my person, Claire. So it's like, okay, well, if you know he's your person, then you just need to address these issues and make sure you can figure out how to navigate through it. And it can be I'm going to be completely honest. 
hard to watch as a coach because very often I can see the writing on the wall, but it's not my job to say, sister friend, the writing's on the wall, get out when they're so knee deep in. Way easier to say it at the very beginning, but sometimes when you're knee deep in in a relationship and you just keep sharing all the things and then I'm just like, yeah, no, that's a problem. But then you're like, but I know he's my person. Like, I know he's my person. It's like, okay, then you just got to keep showing up and give it your best shot and do your best to fight for this person who you know is your person because that is a beautiful thing. And there have been things in my relationship with Larry that I've had to address that's really hard that we've had to work through and navigate through and lots of challenges that I'm willing to move through because I know he's my person. So, you know, that's what you have to be willing to figure out and discern. But Once you've picked your trusted friends and or coach or therapist or healer, you have to be willing to let them see it differently, even if you think, oh, we've moved through, we've moved past this. Because I also had a separate client tell me, I took your coaching and we had the conversation and it went great. And then she described the conversation and I was like, that was not the coaching I gave you though. And and here's the deal. I always say, I'm not your mom. I'm your coach. So you don't have to do everything I say. I, I actually think it's weird if you do everything that I say. Maybe I say that because I never have done what 100% of what my coaches say. I think that there has to be a little bit of your own authority that needs to take place, which really is the purpose of this whole episode. But if you're not really following a majority of what your coach is saying, then I'd be questioning why you're investing in it. But I really just think my client was in such a big blind spot, which is what happens. And that, again, is okay, but you have to be willing to be open to your blind spots being revealed or your trusted people to say, okay, like, I'm glad you feel better. I'm not convinced that this is resolved. Um, So if this happens again, which is what I said to my client, I was like, look, if this happens again, you know, here's why it will, because you thought you took my coaching, but you actually didn't. And also, let's be clear here. It's not take my coaching so that this will never happen again, but take my coaching so that you're really taking care of your side of the street and really deciding if you can move forward. And this client was in a position of like, yeah, I might it might not work if he doesn't give me the answer that I that I need to hear. And instead she kind of backpedaled and approached him in a much for lack of better words, smaller way and didn't really address like the major things. And they needed to be addressed in order to, to to decide. But I think the reason why we're afraid to say those big things is because we don't want to lose the person that we love. So it makes total sense, but you've got to be on to your own brain. You've got to be real with what your standards are in a relationship, where you're making the excuses for your partner. And, you know, it might suck to hear people say, okay, well, glad you feel better. I don't feel better. And I still don't love what he said or what he did. But, you know, you might be grateful in the long run when you have trusted people who are walking the walk, who have done the work, who are on the other side of what you've done so that you really don't waste your time or your precious heart energy or the other person's time. People come into my program to heal their hearts and find their person and deepen their relationships with themselves. 
Another aspect that I wanted to share, which again, it's a little disjointed here. I apologize. But the reason why I also referenced that recent fight that Larry and I had was because I told two people. And so one woman, one of my dear friends, she said, you know, relationship goals. That's what I want. I want to be in a relationship with someone where you can have a fight and it's just not an option to walk away. And it's just such a beautiful thing. And even when we were mad at each other, it was just like there was still so much love in the fight, which to me just means everything to me. But the other person who I told, and I told her because she was telling me something about her guy, and she wouldn't normally be someone who I would tell things to, but it came up in conversation. I was like, oh my gosh, this just came up with Larry. And then I was like, and it was so interesting because I was mad, but I really didn't share with anyone. And she jumped right in and she said, oh my gosh, yeah, because you just don't want like then your friends to be judging him when you guys patch it up and like have like them know your dirty laundry. She literally used those words. And I I just chuckled because I was like, oh my gosh, I never worry about that though. I mean, I'm not going to tell you guys the fight because I, I have to keep some things private in my relationship, but there's no need to protect Larry just because I got mad at him. And I hope that he doesn't feel like he needs to protect me if he was to ever. I, he, he's he's too busy to tell people about our silly fights. <laughs> but, you know, I hope that Larry doesn't think he needs to protect me if someone was to be concerned from the outside, if they were to have observed or heard about a fight that we had. Because I just think it's a part of being in a relationship that you're going to disagree about things that might feel bigger at the time. And maybe I know for me, that particular fight felt more loaded because I was like piled on with other things. So I just felt more depleted. So I was more reactive. I feel so clear about how it all unfolded, but I'm not not telling people because, oh, I want to protect him and I don't want anyone to think negatively about him. I'm like, no, he's still pretty fucking perfect and perfect for me. Just I didn't like something that unfolded and he didn't like that I didn't like it. He didn't think it was a big deal. And there it is. And we move on. And I think like that's when you know you're in a really healthy relationship when you're not worried about what anyone else would think. Even if someone else was to judge him and be like, ooh, Claire, I'd be worried about that. I literally would be like, okay, you can worry about it. I'm not worried because I'm so solid and good in my relationship. And that's really what I want for all of my clients. It's like, yes, I'm here to bounce things off because I'm your coach and I'm helping you discern what is healthy, what is unhealthy, what works for you, what doesn't work for you and unpack that. But the goal is for you to ultimately be like, no, Claire, I am fine with only seeing my partner once a week long-term. Like that would never work for me, but there are people where that would be okay. But in that quality time, I want to feel like we're really connecting with each other. We're not just like hanging out, doing nothing that like, it's a really special connected time, but that's still like, let's put it this way. If Larry only had one night available for me because all of these external circumstances were working against us or vice versa, I would make that time work. But if it was just like sloppy on his half, on his behalf, and he just wasn't putting in an effort to make me as much of a priority in his limited time that he has, that wouldn't work for me. And so just really discerning what you are really, really, and truly okay with so much so that if you come to your coach and your coach is like, Oh, I don't like that, that it's like, Oh, okay. Well, I think it's something that I want to work through. Okay. Then go work through it. I had to laugh because I had another client. I know I'm sharing about all these different clients, but I had 
another client really inspired this episode. She's newly dating someone and she shared with him that she is working with a heartbreak finding love coach, AKA me. And he got a little uncomfortable and said, I'm a little bit nervous about you working with this coach because what if you tell her one little thing about me and she makes a much bigger meaning out of it and she doesn't know all of me? First of all, I mean, I hope this guy is the one for her because I just loved it shows me that him saying that he really cares about her and wants it to work with her. And I really also appreciated his vulnerability. And I had to laugh because that's what she does. She nitpicks on one thing and makes it, it's not that she makes it mean something. She's like been through it a few times in her love life. And so she's like really checking every tiny little thing and wanting to bounce it off of me. And I love her for it. I'm giving her a hard time because I've worked with her for a while now, but she's such a hard worker. She is such a devoted student to this work. I'm calling her the MVP of the group just in terms of how committed she is to finding her person. She is just like gold stars all around, just so committed and hungry and devoted to the work and really is such an incredible example to the group. And she also really takes my tough love and I can get tougher as time goes on because I have higher standards and expectations for my clients who have been doing the work longer. And she is such an example of being such a believer of the work and a devoted student of the work and really open to my tough love coaching. And she just takes it like such a champ. And today on our coaching call, I was like, you need to calm down. But, and she like is so, such a great sport about it. She's just like laughing with me. And she's like, you think, you think I need to calm down? Okay. It makes her feel better to hear me say it, but she likes to tell me one thing and wants me to analyze it with her and tell her, is this a red flag or is this okay? And so I told her she needs to tell her guy, her new guy in her life, um, you should be happy that I hired Claire because I'm the one that fixates on, <laughs> on the little things. And Claire really encourages me to see the bigger picture. So for any of you who are listening, who are maybe you know hesitant about working with me, I really, I'm rooting for the relationship to work. One of my clients who I referred to in this episode, I really wanted this relationship to work, but she needed to show up and put it all out there on the line because she wasn't really fully saying it all to him. Like you're, you're slipping away. You're not showing up the way you used to. This is what I need. I'm really not a high maintenance partner, but I do need this. Can you deliver? And she was kind of beaten around the bush on and off for quite some time now until finally I was like, have you just said it like this? And, you know, if he's willing to rise to the occasion, like sometimes our partners need kicks in the asses. Sometimes our partners are in their own funks and their own spirals and they don't even realize that they're failing you as a partner. And so, it's okay. And you need to address it and see if you can work through it and put it all out there. I'm all about fighting for the relationship, but we need to see that the other person is willing to work for it. So I'm, I'm team you finding your person. I'm not here being like, Oh girl, that's a red flag. You better run. You better run. I want my clients to find their people, but those people need to be showing up. And so I love that my client, my MVP client is 
you know, wanting to check everything and cross all her I's and dot all her T's with this new guy that she's seeing. But what I really want for her is for her to be able to discern what works for her and what doesn't work for her. And does she not need to make meaning out of every little thing that he's doing? And so that is her work right now. Instead of coming to me for me to tell her, it's fine, you can keep going. You need to calm down and keep going. Or she'll be like, does this mean he's doing this? I'm like, have you asked him? Why don't you ask him? I don't know. Of course, there are certain situations where a client is dating someone new and they're giving me some like bullshit lines and it's like so clear as day they're giving bullshit lines. Like one of my clients wanted exclusivity and he was like, well, I'm not ready for exclusivity and I'm not seeing anyone else. You can see other people, but I'm not, but I'm not ready for exclusivity. I'm like, that makes no sense. So my bullshit meter is on, but I really do want my clients to be able to discern so that they can be have their own authority and feel autonomous in their own relationships so that they don't use my brain as the gauge for what's okay and what isn't okay. That's something that I have to always continue to do in my own relationship. What works for me may not work for other people. Some people wouldn't sign up for a man with four children under the age of 11, now 14. But, (laughs) you know, some people wouldn't want that or think that they want it. And then as time goes on, I mean, I've had lots of rude awakenings in my relationship of being with someone with four kids. You know, it sounds all fantastical. I mean, some people would be like, that does not sound fantastical, Claire. But for me, I was like, oh my gosh, they sound amazing. And I was just getting to know them through pictures and through stories. And I felt like I was in love with them before I ever met them. But it's very different to actively be in this step-parent role and you know, worry about their feelings towards me, their emotions, their struggles, you know, their desire for their limited time with their dad and all of that. It's it's really fucking hard. And then sometimes not being on the same page about it with Larry, which is, again is rare, but it has it happens and it happened definitely way more in the beginning. It was hard to navigate and figure out because he said he was brand spanking new at it and I was brand spanking new at it. I hadn't met some man's kids before and he had never introduced um, a girlfriend to his kids. So, you know, we were the blind leading the blind and doing our best to put one foot in front of the other. And it was really, really, really fucking hard. But I can honestly say, especially with the coach that I was working with at the time, I never needed her to tell me that he was worth staying for or that this was a red flag or a problem. I needed to work on better communication skills about what my expectations were and how I think we should be navigating through this. That was for sure a thing. But it wasn't like, ooh, like because this thing happened, is this going to work? I get to be the decider of that. You get to be the decider of that. And obviously, as your coach, if you were deciding to stay in something that was like screaming, get the fuck out that you weren't seeing, I'm going to say it. But for the most part, my job is for you to see it, for you to own your decisions, for you to own staying or own going. And I'm just going to ask questions and probe and poke holes in your brain to open up your minds to free yourself so that you can ultimately live peacefully, live happily, live freely, and in your most ideal relationship that works best for you, not what works best for me or for others. So air your dirty laundry in 
beautiful, safe spaces with beautiful, safe people and own the fuck out out of staying or going regardless of what others think. And if you're caring so much about what others think about a decision that they don't agree with that you made, whether it's like deciding to stay or go, I would look a little bit deeper at your own decision. Because I think if you feel really good about your decision, I get that it's uncomfortable if someone else doesn't see it the way you see it. But I would just double check with yourself. Is this me not being okay with them being okay with my decision? Oh my gosh, that is so complicated, Claire. (laughs) Let's put it this way. If you decide to stay in a relationship and a loved one who you told all your problems to and aired your dirty laundry with isn't thrilled, can you have clean discomfort because you love that person and you want them to just understand your decision to stay? Or is there something deeper going on because you know that they're seeing the real issue that isn't going to go away and that you just don't want to see yet? That doesn't mean then you have to make an opposite decision, but I just really think all the time this work is about being as onto your brain as you can possibly be, whether or not you're ready to stay or to go. And ultimately, you'll know when that right decision is, when you're always paying attention to your most authentic truth deep, deep down inside. This was a fun one, you guys. So much love. Have a fabulous week. I for sure plan on having a fabulous week in Cabo. And just remember that your person is out there. He or she or they exist. And your job is to just show up and lean into this work. I had a client last week, full of client stories, say that she didn't really want to show up for our session because she really felt like she didn't have much to show for it. And I actually want to do a podcast episode about this when you feel like you have nothing to show for yourself, which wasn't true. She actually had done two major leaps and bounds in the week that we had been coaching. And I think what it came down to for her was that she was still feeling like shit, even though she was implementing the actions that she needed to take getting rid of unavailables, saying no to unavailables, implementing boundaries with friends who were walking all over her, who were take, take, taking, but not really giving back and navigating through some job stuff. And it's all really uncomfortable. So the work works, but it will be uncomfortable to implement the work, but it's so much more uncomfortable to stay in the same place and know that that gnawing feeling in the back of your head or your heart or in your stomach that's like, you got to get out. This is not your person is there. It's just going to get louder and it's going to be so much more uncomfortable than the work it will take to get out of those unhealthy relationships. And I think even when it's hard to hear from your trusted loved ones that they don't agree, whether they're right or wrong, it's so important to have them on your side and on your team. And, you know, if they're going to judge you or write you off, I think there's a big difference between what I was talking about in terms of implementing boundaries and saying, you know, hey, I don't want to hear about this anymore because you just keep giving me more reasons to leave him. And, you know, this has been going on for years and I love you and I'm here for when you leave, but I just can keep like being a sounding board because I have nothing left to offer you and it's too close to home and it's too triggering versus someone being like, how could you stay with him? I can't even talk to you. I would never be mean to any of my friends who 
are in relationships with shitty people because I know what it's like to be terrified to leave. But I also don't have to sit there and listen to it. And so making sure that not only are you choosing a select few wise friends and mentors and healers to air your quote unquote dirty laundry to, but people who are going to love you unconditionally no matter what and not write you off, which I can honestly say I would judge and do, as I mentioned earlier, and that just doesn't help anybody. And that just really isn't fair to the person who's in it, especially I understand that now more than ever, having been on that side of it. So much love, my loves. Until next time. Bye. My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.